Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today, we have a esteemed panelist, Rob Howard, a U.S. Navy veteran and president CEO of Zodiac Solutions, LLC. And uh, hello, Rob. How are you doing? I am doing good. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Excellent. I know we were going to be talking today, our discussions about broadband closing the gap, but I know you have an esteemed colleague that you're going to introduce, Rod. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, if you got him plugged in, Roderick Matthews, um, Part of what we do in the clean energy field as we're trying to grow is you have to make sure you have partners who can bring expertise that maybe you don't have. And Roger Matthews, who is also a Navy veteran, uh, really focuses with Brevigent Energy, focuses on the technical pieces um, when we start talking about broadband. So I just wanted to have Rod queued up and just ready just in case, you know, we wanted to get into more technical aspects because we wanted to stay high level, but... Part of doing this business is making sure you're always prepared. Oh, fantastic. You know, and I love, uh, you know, that he's a veteran, too. It, it just shows how much uh, talent is out there in our veterans. And when you start looking to hire people, uh, people who are employers looking for employees, I heard there's a shortage of employees going around the country, uh, start looking towards your veterans. A lot of them are out there. They have talents. They have uh, skills. And they have discipline that you need for your companies to run efficiently. So keep looking for us. Okay, so, yeah, Rob, why don't you tell us more about this broadband uh, closing the gap? What is that all about? Well, well, one of the things that uh, COVID has taught us was that there are issues that we were ignoring as a society. Mm -hmm. And one of those was the fact that, you know, you can't always get to the school building or you can't always get to your job, and it requires high-speed Internet to actually do that work um, long distance. And so when we start talking about closing the gap, if you look at our, our, our diverse, low to moderate income communities, there's not adequate broadband. And where there is, the cost is, is it's out of their price range. Now, you have people, companies that say, well, we'll offer it, but it's not offered at an affordable rate. But honestly, how often do we hear about that? So what we're trying to talk about closing the gap is for us, I want to lay out some ideas for uh, entrepreneurial veterans or veterans looking for work, some ways for us to close the gap on making sure that that broadband is available, Mm -hmm. small business opportunities to be able to provide it, and to show those low to moderate income communities how they can actually get the work done. And veterans are right at the forefront with the knowledge necessary to make it happen. Okay. Yeah, so so what what do you think is the uh, the more some of the obstacles? Because right now uh, the Biden administration is starting to put money out there for infrastructure, you know, uh, building, uh, looking at bridges. I know uh, some things for Hawaii, Texas, and you know a couple of other states. But I'm, I'm wondering what uh, what do you think is needed as far as the infrastructure? Because I keep hearing about you know service shortage areas, those kinds of things. Well, part of, part one of the, the things that's the elephant in the room is the fact that when you're dealing with the government, mm-hmm. because they are concerned about the fact that it's taxpayer dollars, that there is a lot of paperwork. 
So that's the first barrier is one understanding that there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of paperwork. So you have to have the capacity to be able to have someone who understands that the governmental process to be able to move the dollars. I mean, that's, it's the same issue we've seen with the, um, as an example, with the eviction money for people to pay uh, their rent and things right. like that. It's, right. it's so cumbersome and difficult. And I'm, and I mean, I don't, you know, accuse anybody of doing anything uh, nefarious. It's just they want to make sure they follow it, but they don't really understand that if I'm worried about trying to move this from step A to step B, I can't focus on these things that you think are important. Let's focus on the issues. So we have to be able to um, make sure we have, like American Heroes Group has um, Mm -hmm. folks on their, um, on your advisory board. Yes, yes. those are the type of people we need to understand from the federal level, what is necessary, having the conversations, but then move to the state and the local level. Um, cities, when they're looking at cities and school districts, mm-hmm. when you're looking at, okay, I have all of these students that need to get broadband because we don't know what, what's going to happen with COVID. But at the same time, we also found that having broadband internet and being able to work at home, was very positive for uh, for certain sectors of our our, our our schools, like some of the autistic kids. Mm-hmm. This gave them the ability to get up, move around without disrupting the class, and so we saw a number of them actually doing better. So to be able to provide it, we should be talking, and, and so that everyone understands, we should be talking locally with our city councils, city managers, mayors, about what is available, because we're talking about not having the, the, the what we believe in the process is, is poles and poles and wires aren't necessary with wireless internet. They get iced over in the cold weather. Um, mm-hmm. Accidents cause problems. But when you mm-hmm. deal with wireless technology that is, is smaller and it's able to be used simply with the established infrastructure, whether it is a building, whether it is an established um, phone uh, uh, pole whether it is fencing, we're able to take the equipment and connect it and provide you with high-speed Internet and doing it that way. Wow, that's, that's amazing because, you know, uh, I was thinking about that when you were speaking is that, you know, we now have cell phones and we take it for granted, but before we had to dial up phones, you had to, you had to actually put your finger in the dial and turn it, you know, to get the, to get the number. And now with the cell phones, a lot of other countries that are developing don't have to go through the same stages we went through where we had to put all of that, you know, heavy infrastructure in and, and wires and, like you were saying, they get frozen. And now with the wireless uh, kind of um, connectivity, uh, you're actually in a better position. You, you, you nailed it. Because what's interesting about it is we also have to, again, continue to maintain a focus and understanding and not be frustrated. It takes government a little longer to move forward because they're working with what they believe to be established technologies and information. So what does that mean? That means we have to continue to have conversations with our elected officials so that we can start. Because you're going to need them. Let's take a city. If a city or a school district wants to put in a wireless network and we can provide high-speed Internet, you take a school and we'll have it for one, a one-mile radius. Mm-hmm. A one-mile radius. Now, here's what you just did. You just enabled that school district to say, 
all of our students who are low to moderate income are going to get, you know, high-speed broadband. And then we work with them about making sure they have the equipment, but that broadband is right to their front door. Now, mm-hmm. you could also, instead of a local business paying a, a, a crazy amount for high-speed Internet for their business, now you can decide what is affordable for them. And so you win on both sides. And so that's where I think the relationships are critical. We have to not be afraid to talk to our mayors, not be afraid to talk to our city councils, not be afraid to talk to school districts, because there's funding available through them. You create that partnership, and imagine having a young entrepreneur, a veteran, just got out, he's got a technical background, where now he can start a business in that local community that's a call center. A call center for this wireless Internet system we just put in. A billing center. Well, this system we just put in, it, it begins to feed on itself, but it's about locally connecting and using what is available and creating a team. Oh, fantastic. You know, what, what are some of the challenges, you know, because every time I pick up my iPhone, I'm wondering, you know, what other version is out there? So, so as time goes on, it seems like technology is accelerating and its ability to be uh, transformative. And so, you know, when you're going from one system, I'm almost afraid when I go into a bookstore to buy a book on, you know, uh, Windows 7, right? Because I know that Windows 10 and 11, 12 is going to come out, and that book that I have for 7 is not going to be worth anything. So how do you keep up with that technological advancement? You know, it, it moves so fast. Well, here's one of the things we do, because it does. It's I'm one of those folks that, when the new phone comes out, I'm like, the one I'm using works, so I'll give it some time, <laughs> and I don't want to pay the expensive price, right? So right. the new stuff that comes out, all the flash and bells and whistles, what are you going to pay more for? What we do is we try to make sure we just, the, the technology we use, mm-hmm. we make sure it has, technology changes a lot, the mm-hmm. pieces you see, but the core delivery of broadband as an example mm-hmm. it's that part's not changing it's it's about whether or not that individual component may get more efficient or something like that but the reality is mm-hmm. what you're delivering will work for you know 8 10 12 years and then by then what you really are changing uh, if you notice the phone companies they go from whatever to 5G they didn't change out the power for people who are using their phones. Now, they will change out. Equipment has a lifespan. And so what you want to do is you measure that out, you factor that in. But when we start talking about with broadband, because we're using smaller units, they're easier to change out. They, they, they're great for the technology as far as ensuring that you get the, the two gigabyte right there to the house. And then we start working on the equipment. So a lot of it is just about not being afraid of what's changing, but really getting a better understanding of what we have and how robust the equipment we have so, so that you can, again, keep getting that service to people. Okay. Is this, this is Rod Matthews. Oh, correct. Okay, um, uh, I was just saying, we designed the system so it's uh, effectively future-proof. Uh, a lot of the upgrades that can be done can be done remotely through, like, firmware upgrades. Mm-hmm. But the key factor is not having the end user have anything to do with that. Uh, 
as far as they're concerned, they keep getting Internet access. And as the technology changes, they may notice the speed increase. Mm -hmm. But as the technologies change, uh, we'll handle all that. It'll be seamless to the end user. Um, But design the system with that in in mind. Yeah, you bring up a good point. You know, so can can you explain the two of you, you you know, because I I hear hearing about, you know, 4G, 5G, you know, (laughs) next will be 10G, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, so what's the difference? Why is it so important to have more speed? Um, As with anything, uh, the more you have, more people find out to do with it and the more they're going to need in the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in those Mm -hmm. G. 4G, 5G, that's just, uh, the G stands for generation. That's the, the fourth or the fifth generation of this wireless technology that's out right now. Okay. And then, you know, in a couple of years, that'll be 6G because that'll be the sixth generation of the technology that's mm-hmm. come out. Okay. Um, you know, just like with anything else, uh, with hard drives, you know, 20 years ago, you had a 5 megabit hard drive where, you know, that was, you thought, man, I never fill it up. And now space is just uh, the storage component has gone ex- exponentially, growing exponentially. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're doing terabytes and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and there's a there's a law. Uh, it's called Moore's law computing that every 18 the speed and capacity doubles. Oh, for any technology. You say that again. So Moore's law. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yes. yes, every 18 months. The speed and capacity effectively doubles with technology. Wow! Hey, speed and capacity. Wow! Correct. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, so I was wondering, what um, you know, how how do people map this out? Because if you if you're putting these, uh, you know, these uh, units, and because you were mentioning, um, you know, uh, Rob, that. If you are locally connecting and you want to do it in a school setting within a mile, that kind of thing, how, how do you figure out the pattern, the grid? How do people know they're not even in, you know, an internet zone? Uh, because um, I guess if you try to turn on the TV, it doesn't work. So you're not there, right? But uh, but I'm trying to figure out how they plan this out. Is it like city planning, or how, you know how do how do they figure out where the, to put these, uh, you know, these uh, internet connections well, we have a team of engineers uh-huh. uh, we gather the location information okay. uh, I mean we do things like through Google Earth and okay. uh, get all the surrounding areas so you know we can we can map that out that way to, to see what radius we can cover where what would be the best place to position the radios we have software that allows us to do that okay yeah so you can pick up the broadband deserts because I've heard that before that the, the, the areas where you just can't get it. <laughs> and so this is the kind yeah. of solution that you're bringing to the table and, and making Absolutely. sure people have access. And, uh, and Absolutely. I, yeah, I know a lot of the educational things right now, too, are on, you know, uh, like where it's people staying at home. Uh, we don't know what the impact of uh, the pandemic has been on education. Uh, some people did not have access to uh, the broadband capabilities had to go to local libraries, or I'm not sure of how else they, uh, you know, contended with that when everything was online, you know, and people were uh, holding classes online. Um, so this has, an, it has a, you know, an, you know, implications for education, right, in our communities as well. Absolutely. I mean, today, internet access is a commodity. I mean, it's almost expected. I mean, it's, it's hard to even conduct 
everyday life without some access to the Internet right now. Right. So it's very imperative, as uh, Rob said earlier, that, you know, we get this access to, you know, people who need it most. And, and part of it, you know, look, I guess I've been hitting the edge of it is the educational component, like, you know, what does, uh, you know, 5G mean and, and that kind of thing. I, I wonder, is there, um, you know, a site that you have that people can go to, like a website or, you know, some kind of educational resource for people to start educating themselves on this? Um, and I'm not sure if you have, like, a uh, phone number or, you know, business kind of thing that you want to throw out there. Well, I, I would say first, Rob, what do you think would be, because there's so many different ways to do it. It kind of depends on who really wants to do that education. Is it an entrepreneur? Is it a local government? But a lot of it is just, you know, contact us directly, and we'll pretty much customize um, the information you need depending on what you want. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I was wondering, because, like, you know, people are out there, and they're trying to figure out more about, you know, this access issue, how they can get involved or uh, you know, a lot of communities that they're really, um, uh, you know, wishing to have that coverage. And I'm, I'm not sure of how people can get involved in this whole process. Is it calling your local representatives, like you were saying, uh, Rob, where, you know, you, you were saying that the mayors and these people are uh, critical for relationships. I know for you from a business perspective, but is it another point where people need to start uh, demanding more, you know, especially in communities where you have poverty, rural communities, that kind of thing? Yeah, I would say, you know, the best way to really start moving that forward is to start having those conversations. Uh, I will give them, if people want to call me directly, I'm going to give you my cell number and, mm-hmm. and, and just call us and then we can have, we can literally have conversations. Then we can connect you with the individuals because your radio show mm-hmm. is a global platform. Yeah. If I gave you one area, it just wouldn't do it justice. So what we want to try to do is we'll take individuals, we'll talk to them, and make sure that we start connecting them with their local folks as well as, as you know, potential business connections to help them put this piece together. Oh, fantastic. That, that would be helpful. Well, well let me ask everybody. I'm, I'm in a 760 area code, and it's 760-828. Mm-hmm. 3058 again 760-828-3058 i mean that's that's literally my cell phone and so um and you can email me at robert at zodiac dot com. that's this zodi llc short for zodiac zodiac.com robert at zodi LLC.com. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Because the energy technology industry is changing, and for veterans, you use a lot of that while you're in the service, but you also learn how to work as a team. You learn how to pull, pull projects together, so you're really, you're able to learn. We need to start focusing on this and moving forward in this area because it's available. Fantastic. Well, we just ran out of time, but I, this is one of those topics I feel like we could be talking all day because <laughs> it, it is so important. <laughs> but, uh, you know, America's Heroes Group, um, 
We are so happy to have you as a partner, Clean Energy Infrastructure, Zodiac Solutions, and, uh, you know, uh, Rob Howard and your guest, Roderick uh, Matthews, thank you both. Uh, this is a critical issue for communities, especially a lot of communities of color who are, you know, facing the, the outages and as well as rural communities where people don't have that access. So thank you very, very much. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.